Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Take Action. I am Pastor Henderson. This is the Lighthouse Church of Houston and how good and pleasant it is for us to be together. I hope you have been having a fantastic week. Uh, I pray that for those of you all who have been on this journey with us, I hope that your life has been uh, improved for the better. Do me a favor, make sure that you share this broadcast, this link, however you're receiving this, make sure you share it with somebody who you think would benefit from a conversation. Um, today I'm gonna to be talking about an important issue that I think fits within the confines of your individual life, your relationship life, your spiritual life, your parental life, um, and that is that dreaded word uh, that brings so much value to our life, uh, but it's so hard to get. Today we're gonna to be talking about trust, okay? So if you know anybody uh, that has trust issues or if you yourself have them, I'm asking you to share this link with somebody. Perhaps for some of y'all, this will be marriage counseling or for somebody, this may be a therapy session, but I want you to go and reach as far and as wide as you can and just start sharing this link with as many people as you can or tagging, uh, bringing people in. I wanna break uh, the internet, as they say, or break our own personal internal numbers because I believe that this is a conversation that is worth having, that we need to have, um, and sometimes you can't facilitate this conversation with the person whose trust you need to regain, um, but allow me to work in proxy with you. So I'm gonna give you a few seconds to share this with as many people as you can, and I'm gonna pray while God shows you who you need to be sharing this with. God, in the name of Jesus, as we go forward today with this lesson, I pray, God, that you would bring in all who need to partake in this bread and in this wine. And I pray, God, that you would do a new thing in our minds and our hearts and in our spirits. Purge us of all unforgiveness. Make us anew. Give us a fresh anointing perspective that we might be able to walk in the newness of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, I see the numbers are rising. Uh, continue to share and bring people in the room. Today we're going to be talking about trust, and I'm going to use a familiar passage of Scripture, one that most of you will know. And those of you all who don't know it, don't feel bad. You'll know it by the time we're finished. We're in the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, chapter number three, and we're going to start our reading at verse number five. It simply says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Verse six, in all the ways that you have, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Now let's go back to verse one. My son, my daughter, don't forget the law. Keep it in your heart. He says, for as long as you need to, for as long as you can, for the length of days and long life and peace, when you keep the word there, peace shall be added 
unto you. Anybody could use peace? Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around the neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So shall thy find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. And trust in the Lord. Here it is. With all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Now, I picked up a book the other day. And the first three words in the book was just trust me. Right now, because I know right now, without listening to the rest of this conversation, uh, most of you are already thinking, what book is it? I got to have it. Well, the book won't do you any good until you get the principle of what I'm getting ready to talk about. So we'll talk about the book later. But the first three words of the book was, just trust me. And I know for sure that we all have heard those words before. You've either heard them or you used them. Just trust me. Somebody said to you, just trust me. Just trust me. And the expectation of the one who promises trust expects the person who's receiving the trust to say, without a doubt, of course, I'll trust you. I, no doubt about it. I'll, I'll trust you. By a show of your virtual hand, how many of you all have ever been in a situation where either you asked for trust and you expected it, or someone asked you for trust and they automatically expected you to automatically and innately say, yes, here, here's my trust. But because of how the world is hypersocial and doesn't come as easy as it used to. I remember, and I'm old enough to remember, when um, we used to have a screen door on our house and we would leave it unlocked. We wouldn't be able to go in and out of it. There was this, this thing that was on the bottom of the screen door and if you move this little metal piece, you could actually keep the door open. Um, and then I saw as time changed, screen doors became metal bar doors with glass and, and, and double bolted locks and uh, and now you got uh, things that you put under the doorknob, and, and, and now we got security systems and, 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 and triple-pane windows, and it's just the trust is gone. Remember, you used to could do a business deal with a handshake. Now you got to have a lawyer just to sign a rental agreement. It's just trust has left the world. Um, right now, trust should literally come in a box that when it's open, you have sirens, uh, flashing lights, and warning signals because the world and most people in it these days, even with smiles on our face, with Bibles under our arms, 
with the best of clothes and dressed, you find it difficult <clears throat> in these days and times and in this season to really find trust. And I know the answer. I know the answer. But, but how? I'm just really, really walking through this, and I want you to stay with me. I know the answer, but how did the world get to a place where we can no longer trust each other? And, and, and I really believe that that distrust and lack of trust in each other has actually flowed over into a mistrust and lack of trust in God, and we will talk about how one affects the other. But you can surmise, you can surmise that it is because the entire human nervous system, I'm talking psychologically now, the entire human nervous system and our brain is hardwired to scan an environment. Some of you all do this every day, and I want you to be honest. Your mind is scheduled and trained to scan an environment, and it is, it is to see one thing and one thing only. Is this safe? That's, that's what our brain literally does all day long. Is this safe? Like, should I go in this grocery store? Should I go into this mall? Should I go into this movie theater? Should I go into this church? Should I, should I go into this relationship? Should I stay on this stream? Should I listen to this minister? Just, just scanning all day long. Can I trust? Am I safe? And as a result, now, as a result of the trauma that you have endured as an individual, sometimes you are alerted and alarmed in an area where there is no trouble, but there is trauma. Okay? I want you to hear me. And so, so now we're asking ourselves, here, here it is. Will I get hurt again? I know normally when we ask you to write notes, we tell you to write more important things than that. But here's the first thing I want you to write down if you haven't written this anything yet. Just write, will I get hurt again? And I want you to put a check next to it if that's a question that you ask yourself more times than not. Will this relationship end up in another heartbreak? Will I give myself to a ministry that will misuse me or hurt me again? Will I be disappointed again? And we ask ourselves these questions over and over and over. And so instead of trusting, we seek ways to avoid pain. I'm talking to people whose lives have become nothing more than a cycle of pain avoidance. Like th the only thing you're trying to do right now is not hurt. The only thing you're trying to do right now is not suffer. You're not able to really enjoy life. You're not really able to advance in life because all you do is sit in the current seat of understanding and try to avoid pain. I'm talking to somebody right now. I'm, I'm zeroing 
in right on somebody right now because your whole life structure is in and around pain avoidance. Don't get in too deep over there. And that's even the advice you get from people you trust. If I were you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go in too deep. I wouldn't go too fast, slow down. Have you ever been told to slow down by somebody who sped in the same lane? <laughs> I can't tell you how many people who were over the speed limit in the lane of relationship who I've heard tell other people they need to slow down as if the, the, the advice is somehow good for them but wasn't good for you. Pain avoidance, pain avoidance, pain avoidance. Oh, I, I won't, I won't, I won't, I will get in a relationship, but I won't go in too deep. Pain avoidance. Um, I'm not going to introduce them to people who I love yet. Pain avoidance. You know it's a good person. You know you're in a good relationship. You love them. You like them. They love you. They like you. But pain avoidance, pain avoidance, pain avoidance, pain avoidance. That's the whole life structure. We're actively trusting ourselves to help ourselves to avoid pain that we ourselves believe is there waiting on us because we're trying to avoid Man, I know I wish I was in your living room with you right now. We're trying to avoid this other sentence. Here's the sentence that we're trying to avoid. I need all of your attention. If I'm talking to you, I need you to put fire in the chat or some kind of sign, praying hands, let me know I'm talking to you. You're really trying to avoid saying this one thing. I didn't see that coming. Because you think that any pain that you can anticipate shows how smart you are. Any pain that you can anticipate shows that you're still on your P's and Q's. You just don't want to get caught off guard. So you do all of this seeking and scanning for pain avoidance just so you don't say, I didn't see that coming, because you believe you can handle any pain that you see coming. But, but the fact that you can see all of the pain coming is a result of the fact that you anticipated the pain coming and you actually felt what you anticipated because that's not what life had planned, but you, you actually experienced what you expected. And it's all because you have trust issues. I know we like to think that the other people are the issue, and sometimes they are, but you have trust issues. And I know you think they took advantage of you, and they probably did, but you still have trust issues. And I know that you saw it coming, and, and you knew that's how it was going to end up, and that is absolutely correct, and you should not uh, inflict yourself or walk into dark dungeons and, and, and idiosyncrasies that will leave you depressed. I agree with all of that, but can we just deal with the fact that you still may have trust issues? No one, and I mean no one, and I mean no one, nobody can promise you that they will not hurt you. I don't care how good the smile is. I don't care how good their hair is. I don't care if they were a counselor and they have a master's degree in peopleology and all of these things that people tell. I don't care how great a person is, they will eventually hurt you.
And sometimes it is not betrayal that you experience. Woo, I'm about to help somebody in here. I'm about to help somebody in this virtual room. I'm, I'm almost certain that this is a deliverance statement. I'm almost certain. I'm almost certain that this is a deliverance statement. Watch this. Sometimes what you experience is not betrayal. It's what Dr. Henry Cloud calls, listen, honest inability. Good God Almighty. Sometimes what you are experiencing is not dishonesty. It is not betrayal. It is actually honest inability. Sometimes the people you are in relationship with honestly don't have the ability to give you what you need to feel secure. They just don't have it. Would you ever get rid of a dog that couldn't fly? Would you ever get rid of a bird that couldn't bark? You see, sometimes our trust issues and trauma are based on the apparatus that we have expected something out of somebody that they never had to offer. Lord, help. It is what we call honest, Dr. Henry Cloud calls it, honest <clears throat> inability. They honestly can't do it. And I need you to assess your life and find out, are you requiring something from somebody that they absolutely don't have the ability to deliver? The first time we see distrust in the Bible is with Eve. In the Bible, when Eve distrusted God, her and Adam, and the Bible says that the woman, after God told him what not to eat in the garden, the Bible says that the woman was convinced. She was convinced, and she saw the tree that was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. This is Genesis 3 and 6. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Oh, I'm about to help. I, I wish, I feel like running around right now because right now you better have your, I don't care if it's your Apple pen or your, your, your Bic pen or, or fountain pen or your, your number two pencil, you better get something to write with, or if you type in notes, because I'm about to throw some stuff at you right now. So, so, so Eve distrusted God. Woo. And, and so the one thing uh, that, that she does, and this is what all people who have trust issues do. When you have trust issues, the first thing you become is a planner. Everybody just write the planner. P-L-A-N-N-E-R. The planner. So one of the things that being let down does 
is it develops the spirit of planning. So now you got to plan everything out because you want to avoid being disappointed. So you got to have a person who has everything you've ever prayed about because you want to avoid being disappointed. You want to make sure that you plan. But here's the problem. When you overplanned as a result, and I'm not talking about planners as a result of people who are strict uh, in their discipline. I'm talking about reactive planners who are now planners as a result of trauma and trust issues. Now, you call it being ready for anything, but it's really a definition of control issues. So, so trauma and trust issues leads to people who have control issues, but we camouflage it with terms like, I just like order. And I want organization in my life. But sometimes planning is the control. I don't like to use the word control freaks because people uh, uh, like to, to, this is a super sensitive generation and uber sensitive, but it's a word that simply means that, that we make excuses for not being trusting. The fact that your father hurt you doesn't give you a right to look at me funny. Let me turn it around so you can understand it. The fact that I've had members that I couldn't trust doesn't mean that I should distrust you. Mm. Eve gave in to the temptation because she had to know. She had to know everything. <clears throat> and there are so many people in the world that are just like Eve they need to be able to figure everything out on their own. They need to be able to answer all of the what-ifs on their own. What if it doesn't work? What if something happens? But focusing, listen, on the unknown is nothing more than fear under control. And God sent me to tell you that he wants you to release this ain't going to be easy. I can literally end the message right now because 90% of y'all won't be able to do what I'm saying right now. God literally wants you to release your need to know everything and to trust him. That's why I'm naming this message today, just trust him. Just trust me. That's why I'm naming this message today, just trust me. Just trust me. That's all God is saying. Trust me. I didn't ask you to trust your husband. I didn't ask you to trust your wife. I didn't ask you to trust your employer. I didn't ask you to trust law enforcement. I didn't ask you to trust the government. Just trust me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and I'll add all other things under you. Just trust me. Trust me. Trust me that even when you can't trust your boss, you can trust me. Trust me that even when you can't trust the police, you can trust me. When you can't trust the fireman, you can trust me. When you can't trust the CEO, you can trust me. When you can't trust human resources, you can trust me. When you can't trust the halls of Congress and the Senate and the president, it doesn't matter who's in office. You can trust in the Lord with all your own heart, your, all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. So, so this trustful people become planners. And then after you become a planner, you become a knower. You got to know everything. Verse 7. Verse 7 of our text says, Be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord. Be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord. Their eyes were wide open. Then they realized in our text 
As soon as she bit the fruit, the Bible says that their eyes were wide open, Genesis 3 and 7, and, and they realized that they were naked. Okay? Now, now, now they are rushing to sew fig leaves together to hide what they didn't know was there. See? Oh, man, I, this, is, this is one of the messages that could literally take an hour. Okay? And I know that some of y'all are probably going to type in the chat, Take an hour, Reverend. Take your time. But you got to understand, you got some people on here. They like their messages all wrapped up in a bundle real quick. So I'm trying to keep it short for the people. But I also feel an urge and virtue coming out of me that there's some of you all who are listening to me. and like, I didn't wait my whole life to get to a message for it to be over in 25, 30 minutes when the breakthrough was just getting ready to happen. So I'm going to extend it just for a little bit because you got the planners, then you have the knowers. These are the, 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 the Adam and Eve... They didn't even know they were naked, but because they had to know everything. Now they have to procure a solution for a problem that wasn't a problem. Because being naked five minutes ago wasn't an issue. <clears throat> but knowers become responsible for things God never intended for them to manage. God never intended for them to have to do anything about being naked. It was their desire to control and know everything that now makes them have to come up with a solution for something that five minutes ago wasn't a problem. My question for you is, are you spending all of your time trying to solve situations that if you did not have trust issues would not be problems? One, write this down, one of the side effects of having to know everything is being overwhelmed. Call it what you want. Stress, you can change the word to whatever you want, but people who have to know everything and have to be in everything, you'll notice those are always the people talking about, I'm tired, I'm overwhelmed. That's because you got your nose in God's business. Do me a favor. Type, text, call somebody and be rude and tell them, get your nose out of God's business. You don't have the power to handle God's business. You don't have the authority to handle God's business. You don't have the bandwidth to handle God's business. Let God be God. You can stop being overwhelmed when you stop tasting of trees that are off limits, because when you get the knowledge from the tree, you will have to create an outfit for the nakedness that would not have been a problem without your knowledge of the situation. I'm preaching. There are some things in life that God intentionally wanted you to be blind to. But because you had to know now you have to waste energy on effecting a strategy for this new knowledge that you have that you would not have had if you didn't just have to know. Good God. So you go from being a planner, now you're a knower. <laughs> and what happens next? Now you are a hider. Verse 8, 
Adam, where art thou? We're hiding from you. Why are you hiding from me? Naked, we scared. Well, who told you you were naked? Overwhelmed, hiding. How many hiders are watching me today? Hiding from your boss, hiding from your wife, hiding from your husband, hiding from your children, hiding from your friends, just hiding. And I don't mean literally hiding. I mean emotionally hiding, psychologically hiding. Hiding from God because you don't want to be exposed, hiding from yourself because you're insecure, hiding from people because you're jealous, and you wouldn't know how good their life was going if you weren't scrolling on the Internet five hours a day knowing Googling what happened with just so you would know who broke up, no. Watching television, no. Now you got all of this knowledge and you're reacting to the knowledge that is not congruent with your circumstance. And now you feel naked. And now you feel like you have to solve a problem because you saw somebody else's issue and now you got to put another wall in your life to make sure that that devil doesn't end up in your life. And now you got all of these walls and locks and doors and walls and locks and doors for enemies that were not trying to invade your space. You're fighting against knowledge, not reality. Mm. I'm preaching. So now you're hiding. Now you don't want to now you don't want to work in ministry because you know too much. <laughs> you ever heard somebody say, "I can't I can't work in church cuz I just know too much." Knowledge. Knowledge. Look at how much knowing is costing you. I typically and my wife will tell you this. I don't use my brain for things that are not my business. I don't have to know anybody's business. I don't have to be in on conversations that have nothing to do with me. I don't like gossip because it's nothing more than knowledge that I don't have a solution for. You have to reserve your mind for your business. The Bible says think on these things. I want you to reserve your mind for higher thoughts. You don't have enough brain capacity to know who's dating who and who's with who and what somebody said and what somebody did. You are overwhelmed with knowledge and you are having to create solutions for problems you can't solve. You are not stressed out. You are overwhelmed because you are infiltrated with knowledge that has nothing to do with you. You're a know-it-all. So now you're a planner. And you're a knower. And you're a hider. And after you become a hider, you become an answerer. Uh, where you at, Adam? Got an answer for everything. Uh, I'm hiding. Why are you hiding? Because uh, I'm naked? 
Why you naked? Uh, cause this woman you gave me. So now you go from being an answerer to a blamer because now you got knowledge that wasn't yours and it's gotta be somebody else's fault. See, this message is life changing. But I'm afraid we're in a generation of people who are not looking to change their life. They're just looking for life to change. That's a difference. Most people want life to change. God says, no, you got to change your life. Oh, no, I, I need my situations to change. No, if you change, the situation has no choice. I am speaking to people who have enough courage to say, God, I have new rhema. I have new knowledge. I don't want my life to change. I got to change my life. He's a blamer. The serpent tricked us. Well, if you were not interested in what the serpent knew, he couldn't have tricked you. So is it the serpent's fault for tricking you, or is it your fault for wanting to know? They sought the knowledge. They listened to the serpent. Got down to his level, heard what the serpent had to say. And now they go from being the planner to the knower, to the hider, to the answerer, to the blamer. And here's where most of us are right now, the cursed. But because now that even Adam had to have all of that knowledge, curses are now being dispersed. Snake, you crawl on your belly for your involvement in this debacle. Eve, you will have enmity between you and the snake. He will curse your heel, and you will have pain doing child labor. Adam, you're not off the hook. You can blame her, but you could have said no. You will sweat, and you will have to till the ground, and it will not yield its fruit to you, and you will have sweat coming from your brow. You will have to work so hard that you will have a heart attack trying to feed your family, all because everybody had to know. And they had to know because they didn't trust the one who says, I am omniscient. I know everything, so you don't have to. Hmm. So in direct response to the serpent's deception, Adam and Eve and their disobedience, God pronounces a curse on each party in the lack of trust cycle. Not only that, let me put more salt on the wound. Not only is the snake on its belly, not only is the woman screaming during childbirth, not only is the man working to till the ground, now Cain and Abel have to flee from the garden because the curse of knowing too much is generational. I bet you never thought that having no faith was going to affect your children. I bet you never thought that not trusting the Lord with all of your heart would be setting your grandchild up for failure. I bet you didn't know that this generational curse that your family is walking through started with somebody generations before you who didn't trust God. I'm speaking to 1,032 people right now who's getting ready to take the power back from the enemy. 
and God is about to redeem the time. I want you to say, Lord, revive me, revive me, revive me. I'm going to trust you even when I can't trust you. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all of my heart. I'm going to lean not to my own understanding. I'm going to leave it up to you. My job, my health, my mind, my marriage, my body, my soul, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it up to you. Somebody just say it out loud. I'm going to leave it up to God. You're doing too much. You're trying to handle too much. You don't have the capacity to do God's job. I want you to seek God and let him handle the rest. Let your job be in his hand. Let your money be in his hands. Don't go to that doctor's appointment next week stressed out. Go knowing that you are taking the blood of the Lord in the room with you, that he's going to take care of the doctor. You will get the right surgeon. You will get the right nurses. Trust God to surround you. He's not your co-pilot. He is the pilot. Trust him on the road. Trust him in the highways, the byways, and the hedges. Trust him in your heart. Trust him in your soul. Entrust the people you can't trust to him and trust anyway. Just trust me. That's all he's saying. Just trust me. Tithe. Stop trying to hoard your money and pay your bills. If you will trust me, I can ensure your financial security. If you trust me or you can work 60 hours a week and still be robbing Peter to pay Paul. How has that not trusting him been working out so far? Because that's all tithing is. It's trusting God. It's trusting God that if I give you the 10%, you will work the 90. I need every tither online to type in the chat, I know it works. Because somebody right now don't believe. And I'm going to give them an opportunity to tithe once this message is over. They won't believe it. Most people will hear this word, and they will walk away without sowing a seed. That's equivalent to walking into the restaurant and eating and not paying the tab. This is bread. This is life. You can't eat and not communicate in exchange. Some of you all will do it anyway, but I'm speaking to people that if you will respond to this word by trusting God in the one area that he hasn't been able to get you to trust him yet, and that is in the area of tithes and offering, if you will trust him in that area today, he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out on you a blessing you won't have a room enough to receive, and it won't be because you gave him $20. It will be because you gave him trust. God, help me in this, in this place today. They hid. They hid. God says, I need you to trust. They hid. God says, don't hide. Trust. Trust in what? In the Lord. With what? All your heart. Not your intuition. Oh, I just hurt somebody. Not your detective skills. I just upset somebody. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not your inclinations, not your resolutions, not your conclusions. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And watch what he says. And lean not to your own understanding. He says the reason why you can't 
lean to your own understanding is because you can't always trust your discernment. Oh, God. I know some people think, oh, I, I just, it's, I got something in me and it all, it don't lead me wrong. You a liar. It does lead you wrong. But wrong is right when it's a conclusion you want to make. That's why your discernment never leads you wrong, because your discernment has one job, to make you happy. I, 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 should, ooh, I should get out and run. I should run. I should run. I should run, because I just, I just exposed somebody. Your discernment always leads you right. And the reason your discernment always leads you right is because the only person your discernment is designed to serve is you. So then discernment with your lead becomes discrimination because discrimination is when you make decisions based on prejudicial circumstances geared towards a person that you like. So since you like you, you don't have great discernment, you actually have great discrimination, which is why it always serves you because you love yourself so well. But your discernment is leading you to dry places when trust could lead you to rivers of water. I want to ask you a question, and I want you to look at me in my face. How many valleys are you in because you trusted you? Well, I know you can blame other people. You can blame the mama for not being there and working third shift and, and being sleep when you woke up and gone when you went to bed. You can blame the daddy because he left you and he went and raised his other family and all of the stuff that we use, our speech impediments, our, our, um, our uh, lack of being able to learn uh, attention deficit disorder, we, we can blame it all, we can blame it all, and all of it is an issue, and it all bears our attention, but sometimes it was a lack of trust. Sometimes it's dyslexia, sometimes it's dyslexia, yes, sometimes dyslexia gets in the way, and, and I know all about it, but sometimes it's trust. Sometimes it's a learning disability, and yes, they are there. They are there. I've, I've, I've had one myself. I have one currently, but, but sometimes it's just, it's just trust. Misplaced trust. Misplaced trust. Wanting To not be able to trust God and trust in our own ways and think that we can figure it out because we're so smart because we have a degree. But a master doesn't compare to the master. A master doesn't compare to the master. You will never be educated to a level where not trusting God will be a plausible resolution to your circumstances. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Not you, not me, not your pastor, not your Sunday school teacher, not your therapist, 
him, to be instructed by him. And when you are instructed by God, this is when wisdom comes into effect. Wisdom is a higher form of knowledge. Proverbs 4 and 7 says, wisdom is the principal thing. And when you trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and you lean not to your own understanding, and in all your ways you acknowledge him, and he starts to direct your path, I decree and declare you're about to start seeing crooked ways becoming straight. God is literally in the construction business, and I see him destroying pathways and building new ways in your life. You're about to walk into the newness of life. You're about to walk into new levels of anointing. And the only change will be trust. Trust directed in the right direction. Let me end with this final statement of verse 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, for he will direct your path. In verse 7 of Proverbs 3 says, Be not wise in your own eyes. I can't tell you how dangerous it is to be wise to yourself. The Bible says in the book of Samuel that there was a king named Saul who in spite of how he was appointed still had the position and because the people asked God for him, God obliged their request. And Saul would have been king until the day he died. But he made one mistake. He became big in his own eyes. And when you become wise in your own eyes, you will look up and you will start losing positions that you don't qualify for. You will look up and you'll see the hand of God being lifted from you. You will look up and the grace and the mercy that had been afforded to you will be like a vapor and it will flee. I pray that those of you who are under the sound of my voice today will understand the importance of not having to know everything but trusting God. I speak Speak trust, I pray trust, I decree trust. Not in man, not in things. Some trust in chariots. I want you to trust in the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I hope that message was helpful. I want you to look it up. If you just tuned in and you missed it, I want you to go to Keon Henderson TV and just type in, just trust him. Just trust him, just trust me. Uh, both of those titles will be interchangeable. And uh, I want you 
uh, to have a deeper trust in God. This message, just trust me, it's God's way of asking you to just lay it all on the line. And whatever the outcome is, you believe that he is a rewarder of those who trust him. The scripture says diligently seek him, but you would not seek him unless you trust him. We're going to give today. Now, here's a way you can trust God. And this may take a little effort, and I'm going to take about two minutes to do this because normally we breeze past this. I believe that this is a season where the financial stability of the kingdom is about to hit a new high. Watch this. Watch this. As you start to see things happen, happen in the natural, when it goes low, I want you to automatically know that there are things in the kingdom that are going to start happening the opposite. So as uh, the interest rates in America right now are high. They are predicting that they will drop. Well, right now, there's a wealth transfer that's getting ready to happen. Okay? I bet you in your city right now, the inventory, the inventory for home ownership is lower than it's ever been. You know why? Because there's a shift coming. And you want to prepare yourself for the shift. You want to be the lender, not the borrower. So as you, as you begin to get yourself ready for the shift, one of those ways you can do that is in tithe and offering. Where has man robbed me? Wherewith has he done it? Tithes and offering. There are two things right now that I want you to do. Number one, if you are tither and an offer, but you have fallen behind, it may take you some time. I want you to go to our website. I want you to go to our app. They're going to put instructions on the screen. I want, the first thing I want you to do is to take care of your tithing obligation. What is your tithing obligation? God, I am submitting 10% of my annual, weekly, however you get paid, daily income, bi-weekly, monthly income. I'm, I'm trusting 10% of that to you because I need you to bless the 90% because I have a vision and a dream that my 90% can't pay for. So I need you to take my 90% and I need you to multiply like the two fish and the five loaves of bread. So if you're a tither and you haven't tithed this week, because you didn't trust God or you had bills and you were afraid and you were hoarding it to yourself, I want you to release it right now. I want you to trust God with it and watch him multiply your two fish and your five loaves. Wherein have you robbed me? Tithes and offering. If you're not giving your 10%, then you're giving your take action gift and you're giving your offering and you know what we do with that. Right now, I have another plan to help another neighborhood uh, to provide um, a place, and we're talking about it with our team, and I don't want to let it out before we solidify it, but we want to do something big in a neighborhood uh, that was once impoverished, and we want to make a way for the children of that neighborhood uh, to really, really, really have an opportunity to be in a safe environment. Now, you don't want to invest in that first. Most people are moved in the heart by children. You have to be moved more by God than you are a child. You can't trust in the child with all your heart, but you can trust in the Lord with all your heart. So I want you to do your tithing obligation first. And those of you all who have tithed, then I want you to go to GiveLify, and I want you to give your offering. And it may be a few steps. It may not be at the click of a button for you right now. Set it up so that it is. This may be work for some of you all right now, but it is worth the work for the reward that is getting ready to come. Thank you so much for being here with me on Take Action. I'll see you next Tuesday. I love you, and ain't nothing you can do about it. God bless you. Hey, everybody. My name is Pastor Keon Henderson. I am the founder of an organization called Take Action Now. 
People are always direct messaging me and texting me and saying, Pastor, what are you doing? How can I be a part of what you're doing? And I know everybody doesn't want to be a part of the local church, but what if I told you I had a way for you to partner with me so that we can affect change throughout the world? Hence, take action now. A 501c3 nonprofit organization committed to advancing individual agency and social progress by protecting, strengthening, and uplifting the underserved and disenfranchised throughout the world. We're doing humanitarian things, teaching entrepreneurism, teaching home ownership, and institutional inequities, cultural deficits. We have our ear to the ground, and we need your help to make a difference. Whether it is making a sizable donation uh, to the estate of a young woman who lost her battle with cancer via the internet, and we were able to make a difference there, or whether it is in a underserved community in the Caribbean islands where the children were playing amidst rocks and glass, and we came in and broke ground recently on a park so that athletes and cheerleaders and young people in that community can have a safe place to stir up the gift inside of them, whether it is paying the utility bills in cold climates for seniors or just helping basketball players get the proper uniforms of football players. It's just us making a difference through financial literacy and technological empowerment and mentoring services. This is what we do. And all I'm asking you to do is become a partner with me right now. And I want you to go visit takeactionnow.org. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. Thank you.